is the Toddcast, a podcast that I, a guy named Todd, record while I drive to or from work, talking about a variety of things. There are no scripts, no show notes, just me chatting while I commute, so you can sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. I join you again on a drive home today, and uh, what I've decided to talk about is uh, something I found uh, in a pile of random questions that seemed interesting, uh, like a thing to talk about. And the question is, if there was an extra hour in every day, what would you do with it? Uh, Which I think is interesting. I've got a couple gut-level responses, but also, you know, with me being me and needing to overcomplicate things, uh, I feel like I can expand on that a little bit as well. so the, the, the gut level reaction to, hey, you get an extra hour, uh, is, you know, as a middle-aged dude uh, who's, you know, got a fair amount of work stress and, you know, lots of good times and other stuff happening, you know, at home and with the family and so forth, uh, an extra hour, oh yeah, that's that's being put to use uh, for sleeping. Because uh, <laughs> you just never can seem to get enough rest. Um, seems to be how that works. So that's, that's the quick and easy answer. And this would be a real short podcast if that's, that's all I went with that one. Uh, so as I do, I'm going to, uh, expand on that like, uh, like crazy and probably to a ridiculous extent and so on and so forth. So my second thought when seeing that question is, okay, you, you get to have an extra hour in the day. There are follow-up questions that I have, uh, you know, I'm assuming that the extra hour is allotted to me as a, a single chunk. It is an additional hour, uh, that's tacked on somewhere, uh, or inserted somewhere in the remainder of the 24 hour day. Um, which is subtly different than, you know, what if we, you know, scatter 60 minutes throughout the day extra, um, And I don't know that I necessarily need want or need to get into you know that rabbit hole, or whatever. So we're just going to assume that it's it's an hour that gets plopped in somewhere. So the 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 follow up question is, um, is there a definition for where that hour goes, or do I get to pick? Because uh, I think the answers are different there. Um, you know, if if the the extra hour is you know tacked on at midnight. Um, then there's going to probably be a whole lot of extra, you know, it kind of defaults to sleeping, uh, what with me not being nocturnal per se. Um, whereas if it, you know, I get to pick where it goes, um, you know, maybe there are days where I just stick with it, you know, being night so I can get an extra hour of sleep, or maybe, you know, I've got a particularly hectic workload and need to get some extra stuff done. So, you know, we drop that in around, you know, 1 p.m. so I can get some more stuff done. Or, you know, if, uh, you know, I, I'm i looking to spend a little extra time with the family, uh, you know, want to extend date night a little bit, maybe that goes in at, you know, 7.30 uh, p.m. You know, it, it, I feel like that uh, that changes things. That, that could possibly, um, you know, have some impacts. Uh, the other question is, is, you know, based on the assumption that I get to pick when that hour goes in, uh, is this a 
you pick now what the time slot is and we throw an extra hour in the day for you every day or is that more ad hoc do I get to pick every day when that hour goes in because you know in, a, in an ideal situation you know where we're dealing in a, in a magical world where I command uh, you know apparently time and space to where I can you know create an extra hour uh, you know if, if I get to pick throughout the day you know what I could use an extra hour here boom and it happens, that's pretty awesome. Uh, you know, as opposed to, you know, it's always at 3 p.m. every day, you know, weekdays, weeknights, whatever, That that's how that goes. Um, and then, I guess the final question, at least the final question that immediately comes to mind is, am I the only person who gets this hour? Or is this, you know, a universal thing? We're effectively making, you know, the, the Earth's rotation, you know, 25 hours instead of, uh, instead of 24. Because, um, again, that's going to change things. If, if, you know, everybody's got a 25-hour day, I, I, I don't know that that's likely to change much. Um, and I think, also feel like most people would probably end up using that for more sleep. Um, because, you know, if... If everybody's got the hour, you'd have to establish some sort of new, you know, paradigm for timekeeping. Um, that I feel like would effectively just put us all on a 25-hour day and would nullify the impact of being able to choose when that hour is. If everybody's on a 25-hour day, you know, you normally work a 9 to 5. You know, if you search your extra hour in at, you know... 10 a.m., you're now weirdly off sequence for area. It seems like a scheduling nightmare. Um, and people being people, trying to keep things, you know, stable and simple and whatnot, I feel like we'd all just devolve into a 25-hour workday. Um, at which point, we'd probably have to agree on when that extra hour takes place. Because um, if you're, you know, you're, if you're, you know, typical, I guess, American where full-time work is 40, 40 hours, you know, which for a lot of people, you know, works out to being, you know, Monday through Friday, nine to five, let's say. People are going to want to stick with that. Everything is set up for that. Businesses are geared towards that sort of a situation to still get the, you know, the 40 hours, um, which would inherently mean that that extra hour would go to, you know, the people personally uh, for, you know, either leisure time or off time or, or, or sleeping time. Um, unless you, you know, you wanted to work an extra hour, I suppose, you know, I, I think that would come down to company policy. Um, I think it gets trickier for people who work multiple jobs. You know, if you, you do work a nine to five and then you, you know, you're, you're working part time at the local whatever mart. Um, and that extra hour ends up during your, your night shift, you're going to end up working an extra hour, which maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. I don't know. Um, but again, something that, that would, would have some level of impact there. Um, if it's, if I just get the extra hour, if this is not like some sort of, you know, a genie is granting wishes and, and, for whatever reason, one of my wishes was, I wish I could get an extra hour in the day. Um, 
I feel like I need to know how the mechanics of that would work uh, to to really say how I would I would do that. Uh, he said, if it's like the, the genie says, you you sir and only you have an extra hour in your day. Pick whenever you want that to be, and and it shall be. So you know, again, does that mean when I say I want my extra hour now, I go into some sort of you know time space weird loop thing where I exist outside of, you know, time for other people. Uh, you know, if I say, hey, I want I want a long lunch break today. Um, so I'm going to take lunch from 11 to 12 in normal time and then take my hour. Does the everyone in the office and everyone in the world just kind of, you know, freeze while I get this extra 60 minutes to kind of do what I want sort of a thing? Um, which, again, could have its advantages. Uh, you know, if you take that hour at night and you just want an extra hour of sleep, you're not really going to notice, but you're going to get an extra hour of sleep. You know, you do it in the middle of the day, You could, I could take a nap, uh, you know, or, you know, you could work on something, you know, some personal project, some hobby, whatever, and I could certainly see where that would make sense. Um... But, you know, if, you, if I wanted to actually, you know, have a useful, meaningful hour extra for lunch, for example, and I use my first hour for eating, and I want to use that second hour to, you know, run to, you know, the game store to pick up, you know, the latest supplement for whatever game, um, that really doesn't work if everyone in the game store is sort of frozen in stasis, um, which would be a problem, uh, you know. It also, I mean, even aside from that, you know, just getting from the office to the game store would be tricky because if everyone's frozen, then I presume all of their cars on the streets are also kind of frozen in time for a moment. Um, and that seems like a hellish thing to try and drive through. So you'd get an extra hour, but you'd be super limited in terms of, you know, what you could do, which again... I'd take it if it was offered to me, but I, I, I don't know that it's necessarily as nifty as it, as it all seems, you know, on the face of it. Um, and I don't know how it would work if you didn't, if I got an extra hour and no one else did, I don't know how that would, would work because if everybody else is still active and doing stuff and time is moving for them, same it is for me, that's not really an extra hour. Um, is it? Um, so, anywho, that's that's the that's the that's the basis for that one. I uh, figured I'd ramble a little bit about that, because um, I've got some time, and that's what I do on the podcast. So, probably went way too deep on that, and you know, whatever. If you, you see flaws in that logic, or you've got better ideas, I'm keen to hear them. Uh, it's sort of a thought experiment I'm spewing uh, extemporaneously. You 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 let me know what you think. Um, and so, on that note, I will will pause and take a deep breath and, and think about what we're going to talk about next. So, I guess having mentioned, you know, magical genies and making wishes and so forth, I guess that, that sort of spurs another line of thought for me. And, and that is regarding wishes. Uh, and the, you know, the semi-obvious next sort of topic or prompt or question would be, Todd, if you got three wishes, what would they be for? 
Uh, and again, that is that is a lot more complex to me than it would seem on its surface, uh, probably to most folks. And I guess for some background there, um, you know, the 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 mythical situation of you know catching a leprechaun or or getting a hold of a, a genie and, and having or you know something that would grant you you know x number of wishes uh you know it, it's 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 popular in mythology there are a lot of you know cool and nifty stories about that um which i you know of course i grew up with and have you know some level of familiarity with uh i guess when i'm thinking of of wishes and the hey make a wish for whatever and there's some magical force that can make things happen um I tend to go back to my experiences playing, of course, you probably guessed it, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, because, you know, it, it you are playing a game in a magical realm uh, where there are, you know, dragons and wizards and, you know, high priests and magic and all, all sorts of things that can happen. Uh, you know, it's not the, the mundane world we live in. That's That's why we play the game. Uh, but as part of that, uh, you know, there are leprechauns you can encounter that will, you know, potentially give you a wish. Um, there are rules for if, you know, you encounter a genie, this is the way in which you can, you know, under these circumstances, it will, you know, grant you three wishes. There, um, there are magical items that will, you know, allow you to, you know, that will grant wishes. Uh, and ultimately, all of that goes back to, uh, there is a, a spell for wizards, uh, called Wish, that is, allows you to make wishes. Um, it's a, it's a ninth level wizard spell, I'm gonna get super dorky on here for a second, so just brace yourselves. Uh, it's a ninth level wizard spell, which, the spells only go up to level nine, like it is, it is arguably the most powerful spell in the game, um, and in, if you had a wizard character, before you can, you know, even try to cast that, you are very, very, very high level. You've been playing the game for a while. You've been, you know, defeating bad guys and killing monsters and grabbing loot and, and you know, rising in power till you finally get to that, that pinnacle of, you know, wizarddom, which allows you to cast ninth level spells. And, you know, normally in most campaigns when you're a wizard and you raise a level and you're able to cast, you know, more spells, um, you're allowed to pick which spells you've learned and can cast. And you, frankly, if you're, if you're a wizard and you've hit the level where you can get to ninth level spells and you don't pick wish, there's something wrong with you, uh, in my opinion. Um, and the rules kind of outline what you can do with a wish. It's not just a, you know, do whatever you want, uh, sort of a thing. You know, you can, you know, wish for items up to a certain value or, you know, there's certain things you sort of can or can't do with that. Um, that those rules don't necessarily always apply to wishes granted by non-wizards, like if, like a genie or a leprechaun or a magic item, you know, they're, they're a lot more open-ended in, in terms of how that works. And what I found out the hard way when doing those wishes is that it, you got to be careful and or you got to know who your dungeon master is. Um, because some dungeon masters were, are, are, you know, I wish for a hundred thousand gold pieces. Let's say that that's your wish. I, you know, I, 
you know what? Let's abstract it. I want to be rich. Let's let's go there. Um, you know, some folks will take that. You know, in the nature in which it's intended. You're you're you want to have you know wealth. Um, you know, and in granting that wish, you would get you know a bunch of gems and jewelry and you know gold gold pieces and and so on and so forth. Um, to put you into the, you know, upper echelon of the wealthy folk of the world that you currently inhabit. Um, and that's great if you can, you know, if your, your, your DM works with you on that front. Um, other DMs are not quite so, you know, lenient, forgiving, understanding, etc. Uh, and oftentimes it, it, sort of how the wish was, was granted, the specifics on how the wish was granted, um, depended on who was granting the wish. Uh, for example, you know, genies are generally, in D&D, are generally pretty, you know, I don't know if nice guys is the right word for it, but they're, they, they get along pretty well. They're, they're, they're not, you know, evil. Um, and, you know, if you, you know, basically did the genie a solid and he owes you one and chooses to, you know, give you a wish to, you know, compensate you, odds are he's going to get, you know, I want 100,000 gold pieces. You're going to have a bag show up at your feet with 100,000, you know, standard minted gold pieces, you know, usable for trade in your game world. That That's no, no problem. Um, the sort of evil counterpart to the genie, uh, at least in, in the realms of D&D, is the Ifrit. So genies are sort of like spirits from, you know, the elemental plane of air. Uh, Ifrits are equal but opposite from the plane of fire. Um, and they tend to be nasty and, and petty and, and not cool. And normally the only way you're getting a, a, a wish out of an Ifrit is like if you like capture him, uh, you know, and he'll, he'll give you wishes in exchange for his freedom type situation. Uh, if you looked at that particular entity and said, I wish for a hundred thousand gold pieces, what you're likely to get is, you know, a, a, a small dish with a hundred thousand, you know, pieces of gold dust, uh, which is literally what you asked for. And there you go. Um, or, and I, I, I haven't actually seen this happen because it's a fantasy world and it all happens in our brains, but I, I, I had a buddy who was in a campaign who had a similar situation. He's like, you know, I wish for, you know, a hundred thousand gold pieces and those hundred thousand gold pieces did in fact come to him in the form of, you know, standard gold coins, but they came, you know, from an altitude of, you know, ridiculously high and through the, the magic of, you know, terminal velocity, uh, it, it basically, you know, turned him into, you know, a, a wet, pasty spot right there, you know, in the forest. And, you know, that, that he got his gold pieces, but, you know, at what a price sort of a situation. So all that to say, um, when it comes to wishes, uh, I have a very strong policy towards, you know, know the source, know, know, know where the goods are coming from and how they're going to be delivered, uh, so to speak. Um, because 
I remember times playing where, you know, oh, you found a, a ring of three wishes, um, which is a cool thing. It's a, you know, it's a ring, like a silver ring with like three, I believe, emeralds in it. Each one, you know, you, you gave a wish and then one of the emeralds went poof so you could keep track of what you've got and whatever. Um, and I remember us as players sitting around for hours trying to figure out what we wanted and writing it down in such specific language so as to not have it, you know, sort of twisted and perverted against us. Uh, I mean, it, it was almost like legal contracts we were writing up uh, for, for stuff to happen. Um, just because, you know, because the other thing is, you know, I want to be rich. You know, one option is you, you now have all sorts of things that make you super wealthy. You know, the other option is here here are three gold pieces and you are teleported, you know, to the middle of, you know, the desert in this, you know, small hamlet of seven people, all of whom are on the verge of starvation. To them, you're rich. Uh, you know, and just with this, there being so many sort of ways for the, the, the dungeon master to screw us on the deal. Um, it, we were very highly motivated to try and, and figure out the way to prevent that from happening. Um, and so, you know, if, if in real life I were somehow able to get wishes, uh, I don't know what I'd do with that because I feel like I'd need to know again, what the source was and, and what the odds were of it, of me making a pretty simple wish and it, you know, fulfilling in accordance with the general theme of what I'm trying to achieve as opposed to, you know, the letter of the law or, you know, some perhaps warped interpretation or, or literal context of whatever it is, you know, I wished for. Because again, you know, um, as in many of the stories where, you know, folks are given wishes, they, they often wish for, you know, wealth, you know, um, you know, what, what, what does that mean? How's that going to be, you know, delivered? Uh, you know, if, if we take that in a modern context, you know, do I suddenly have a bunch of money in my bank account? Do, you know, do gold bars suddenly appear at my feet? And, and frankly, that probably causes more, more problems than it solves. Uh, I mean, imagine you, you're you, living your normal life, and you go out to your car, you pop the trunk because you're, you know, going to put the groceries in there, and the entire trunk of your car is filled with golden coins. What are you going to do with that? In, in, in modern America, where are you going to take all these gold coins? Uh, I mean, yes, it's still gold, it's still valuable, you are technically rich, but where are you going to take those? You, you take those to the bank, they're going to be like, what the heck is this? You know, um, you know, you, you know, you think you're clever, you smelt it down, and you go and sell the gold, you know, independently. People are going to wonder where the hell all this gold is from, you know. Let's say it's not anything as esoteric as gold. Let's say, you know, your trunk is filled with $100 bills American. Not counterfeit. No, I mean, it's all legit money with proper serial numbers, etc., etc. Uh, how are you going to explain that? Um, you know, because you're either running around with a, a shit ton of money in your trunk, which seems like a terrible idea, um, and you're going to lose it or get killed, um, or you've got to take that money and put it somewhere, like banks, so you, you know, or you're, you know, 
traveler's checks. I don't know. At some point, you got to take that money and do something with it. Um, and that's going to leave a trail, and that's going to, you know, people are going to ask questions. You'd be the most straight-laced, upstanding citizen, no no record of any sort, whatever. You start, you know, dropping $100 bills wherever you go. That's going to catch some attention. People are going to start looking into it. They're going to assume that you're part of some sort of laundering scheme or, you know, drug kingpin or criminal whatever. Like, no one's going to believe you that, oh, I I, I, I ran into this, this fun little, you know, short red-headed Irish person and they they filled my trunk with it. No, no one's believing that. Um, so, you know, even if you get what you asked for, it, it's, it still is problematic to me. You know, yeah, I, I, I can still see how that, you know, you've got to really alter reality to, you know, fill my trunk with $100 bills and sort of retroactively alter time and space to make that a situation that makes sense. Um, and you can, you know, speak to and discuss with the authorities in such a way that you are not going to get cart- carted away either to prison or to an asylum which, again, is, is problematic, you know, um, you know, the, one of the other, you know, popular tropes of wishes is, you know, oh, I wish so-and-so would love me. That is just messed up on so many levels, um, because inherently this person who didn't like you before now loves you. That's some weird voodoo mind control nonsense that, does not take into any account that person's, you know, hopes, dreams, wishes, agency, etc., etc., and and that to me is problematic. Um, you have essentially uh, just enslaved a human, and that's not cool. Um, so I I really don't know that there's a way that you could wish for that in a way that's going to end the way you think it will or the way that it should. Um, and also, even if that did, even if they did aren't you then going to kind of live the rest of your life thinking that this person doesn't really love me, they only do because, you know, some magic shenanigans took place? And doesn't that sort of cheapen and hollow the whole thing? Um, so that that's a no-go. Uh, you know, if you wish for, you know, power of some sort, uh, again, that one's rife for, you know, miscommunication and mis mistranslation, you know, I, I wish for power, and, you know, two seconds later, you know, uh, uh, a power pole lands on you and electrocutes the crap out of you, and you, you've gotten all sorts of voltage, and therefore power, hooray, um, not really what you're looking for, you know, and again, even if you, you made that wish, and all of a sudden, you know, you are a prince, like, uh, our friend Aladdin, uh, what are you the prince of? How did that happen? Why does anyone, you know, actually, you know, care about you or follow you or what, what, what actually gives you power at that stage? Um, it just doesn't work, I guess. So, um, I guess the moral of the story is, is Todd overthinks things, um, possibly due to too much D and D and therefore is, you know, a crabby old goat on things that should be fun, exciting, you know, thought experiments, like, what would you do with three wishes, uh, because I'm pretty sure I just spent, you know, a good 15 minutes 
saying why it's all garbage and, and did, did never work. Um, and for that, I apologize for, you know, the negativity, but yeah, should any of you encounter a situation where you're granted wishes, hopefully this, this, you know, will, will serve you to, you know, as a cautionary tale to be careful what you ask for, uh, cause you, you just might get it. Um, I guess is, is sort of the, you know, cryptic Aesop's fable moral of this story, um, that I'm spinning, um, on today's podcast. So I think I've exhausted that one for all it's worth. I think I've shared probably more than you needed to hear on the topic and haven't actually answered the question of what those three wishes would be. Cause I don't know what that would be. Cause I, like I said, I don't, I don't see how that could possibly work out well. Um, so I think I should just, you know, stop and, uh, let you all go back about your business. Um, thank you for listening. Um, I hope that wasn't too, uh, weird and pedantic and so forth. And hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, again, if you have, you know, counterpoints or thoughts, uh, let me know. Um, and, and we can, you know, possibly explore those in a future episode. Um, until then, and until next time, uh, I wish that you will have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas that you'd like me to chat about, you can let me know via Twitter at CastTodd or email via ToddCastPodcast at gmail.com. Keep in mind that the Todd portions of those usernames are T-O-D with a single D, even though I spell my actual name with two. If you'd like to leave me a voice message that I can air on the podcast, you can either email me a small audio file or you can use the link in the show notes to leave a message via Anchor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts is appreciated. Again, thank you for listening to the podcast.